yesterday morning around 30 swimmers, 14 kayakers, and several boat captains converged at the Bush River Yacht Club for a charity swim on behalf of breast cancer research. People of many ages and stages, varied swimming abilities, and diverse experiences around cancer applied physicality to further a cause, deepen awareness, and share love. There were tears, laughter, generosity, sharing of story, deepening of bonds, poetry in motion. First time I heard the phrase poetry in motion, I was 12 years old, I was at Star Island, which is a conference center, and there's this um, softball field that is a, uh, a challenging softball field, you know, it's, it's not level. And, uh, we were at a multi-generational softball game, so I, at 12 years old, was put way in right field. <laughs> but there was a, a hit somebody, you know, swung a little late, and a fly ball came right at me, and I was way, way, way back where the uh, flagpole was, and so I went for it, you know, and it landed in my glove. I mean, I'm telling, it wasn't, you know, me. It just was this, you know, it landed there. I just had the glove somewhere there. And this was this amazing, amazing um, catch by a 12-year-old. And later that night, people said, that was poetry in motion. And every time I never see that before. <laughs> the grace in movement became more known with the invention of slow motion in film right? Suddenly we're seeing, you know, a soccer player hitting the ball, and then you see the goalie going, and hitting it down, and it's, you know, where else you see a leopard, you know, running, and you see all of the, all of the muscles moving and everything, or say in the Olympics when you used to see a dive, you know, this triple doodah dive just go, now you could see it like, them doing it and whirling around and going down and then hitting the water and it going and people started seeing grace more. They started seeing how amazing movement is. So I'm going to ask you to do one more thing and would you stand for a second and we'll pass the piece but let's pass the piece in slow motion. Just say hello to each other in, in slow motion. Just can wave, away. <laughs> hug, oh, good to see you, nigga. <laughs> now we can do it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, start. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> okay, you can now speed up and go back to your seat. <laughs> And for those of you who are fairly new, I don't off always ask you all to do these kinds of things. It's a summer service. We're having fun. But it has a point. If we ignore the marvel of our bodies, of nature, of the earth, of the physical cosmos, we're missing the point of incarnation. Incarnation being coming to a particular life. This life we lead is not that of a spirit imprisoned in a body. It is embodied being. 
And with our Unitarian Universalist forebears who risked isolation and sometimes death in their affirmation of life and creation, we honor the fullness of who we are and what we can manifest together in honor of creation, in honor of this gift of life, in honor of the inherent worth and dignity of every being. So I come round to what I mentioned earlier this month, that we must welcome physical experience as an avenue of sacred information. That there is body wisdom. That it is important to develop our feeling consciousness rather than belittle it or even demonize it. That's why the physicality of grace is one of the tools of the community-building philosophy of interplay, and why on this last of the sermon series it's important to include it. The physicality of grace is described mo most often in interplay as a counterpoint to stress. They don't go really into religious meanings. We can feel stress in our bodies. We can feel grace in our bodies. So with awareness, we can become stress makers or grace makers. Though both ways of being go beyond our complete control, we can choose how we generally want to flow with the incarnation of stress or the incarnation of grace. Grace is the primordial yes of the universe. It's a sensory understanding a feeling of connectedness and belonging. Grace is known as an inbreaking awareness of what Hannah Moog, Starler of the I Ching, calls the cosmic principle of harmony. Grace brings us into an all-pervasive understanding of the cosmic principle of harmony. Most of you know the story about the writing of Amazing Grace when John Weston, captain of a slave ship, was out in the sea, heading with a whole bunch of slaves towards the coasts out here. And one time during a storm, he felt what he later called grace overwhelm him in the midst of that storm till he saw that what he was doing with his life was wrong. And he literally changed course. He changed course of the ship. He sensed he was out of harmony with the cosmos. He was out of harmony with his being in the cosmos. So grace came upon him. He felt the cosmic principle of harmony and knew what he was doing was wrong. Grace is often thought of as a gift bestowed on us by an overseer, someone who watches our every move and judges us, someone or something that deems us in or out of grace. It's often thought of as a message of encouragement or reward from a higher being, a comment on our life as good and loved. There but for the grace of God I go is a very common phrase. And it's as if those who are less fortunate or do not survive an accident or was not granted an opportunity is somehow in less favor with the grace giver. But grace is not given to us. We do not even earn it. And it's not divvied out as if there's some limited supply. 
So when we have a sense of the presence of grace, we sometimes project all sorts of intentions and feelings of entitlement and judgment onto that experience, but it's simply we entered into that experience that is always there. The confusion, I think, is not whether grace is a gift, which it is, but how it is received. Grace is an ever-available gift, an eternal gift. Cosmic harmony is ever-present. It's not something done to us. It's something we come into contact with. It comes through us and to us by our attitude, by our openness, through our seeing. It is the witness of love beyond our making, the embrace of beauty beyond our imagining. It's hard to recognize, to really come to know that we're not the center of things. It's hard to shed judgment and guilt, to release the need to be special or chosen, and face the day in its random interdependent essence. Yes, we can create meaning in our lives. Yes, we have particular talents and gestures of being. Yes, our unique voice is part of the hum of the universe. But we're not competing for grace. We're not separate from wonder. We're not better than a blade of grass. The poet Wendell Berry speaks of this assurance. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feed. I come into the peace of wild things, Berry tells us, who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Grace is available not on our terms or in our time or even for our purpose. Grace, as Thomas More describes it, is the support and inspiration offered by life itself. There are ways that we can invite grace into our recognition and so the living of our lives. One way is the practice of gratitude. For example, saying grace at meals is a very common practice of gratitude. Because if we speak aloud our gratitude, our share in silence, our thankfulness, we create an energy about us. Through it, we find and see things that we might not see before. And that energy, that way of seeing, often gets lost in the shuffle. Our family often says grace at the dinner table, at least when we're all together. When the kids were young, we would each speak some thank you while holding hands. And when we started this ritual, our oldest child, Sarah, was one. And if we would forget it, she would suddenly, at age one, with very few words, extend her hands and say, hands, simply hands. She intuitively knew that this was a special moment together. The words were not important nor even understood, but she felt the energy of the moment. 
and it was known and desired. Now, that's not so much true in their teen years, of course, but we all know. <laughs> but the natural wisdom of the yes within is something we are born with, something we recognize even before our words. Another way to invite grace is to stop long enough to have a moment of stillness or witness. There are moments in our lives, writes Rebecca Robeson, that stand still in time while all the frantic hours and years surrounding them have blurred into an obscurity of grayness. An experience of grace, Robeson commented, is as if a thread of light flowing through the moment pierces me to the soul, connecting me to a higher realm. Another way that grace enters our lives is through surprise, not always welcomed. Ram Das, a renowned spiritual leader, held an interview five years after suffering a major stroke. He believes that grace comes to you to bring you back into the presence of God or oneness, that it's a gift because it helps you get out of your own way. I felt that the stroke was healing me from my cultural tendency to get bogged down in materialism, fame, and so forth, he said. Strike and bump. Here I am, naked. It is a fierce teaching, but it opens you up. Some of you may have heard of the ice bucket challenge. How many of you have heard of the ice bucket challenge? It's a simple gesture to raise funds and awareness about ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. One simply pours a bucket of ice water over their heads after nominating or challenging three more people to do the same. You give, you say, you know, give money and then pour the bucket over your head. And it's spread globally through the celebrity challenges. And it has raised over $63 million this summer alone. That's the physicality of grace. Boom the cold, cold water going all the way through your body, sending it on to someone else to say, wake up about ALS, get yourself into an understanding of connectedness, an affirmation of life. Grace is remembrance of our primal knowledge that all is well. Remembrance of our primal knowledge that all is eventually well. A gift of recognition of the healing po pulse within each moment. A gift of recognition of the unlimited strength of kindness in each breath. Grace is a sense of life that can restore you to balance. It's a pause from isolation into radical connectedness a force that calms the storm to stillness. Grace alleviates indifference and despair, helps us pay attention, helps us see beyond our own experience, signals the inner life to recollect itself, offers a moment when we dissolve into beauty. Let's welcome grace into our lives and into the lives of all we meet. This I pray. Amen. <laughs>